<laughs> it's January 6, 2024. This is just plebs. Happy National Insurrection Day. Happy National Insurrection Day. I'm your local asylum seeker, Jorge. <laughs> and I'm his trusty psychic, Savannah. <laughs> You're listening to just plebs. It's a good intro, right? That's <laughs> way better than anything else we've done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Make any resolutions for a good old 2024? Uh, no, not really. No, I'm surprised. Yeah. You probably should have. Well, yeah, I'm sure. You have I a do- lot you need to work on. That is rude of you. <laughs> How dare you? Well, I'm sure I'm sure the president had something going on. Oh, he did definitely he a, did. Did he have a sweet New Year's resolution? Oh, of course. Okay. He had a few, actually. Spit it out. He had his trusty sidekick uh, spill him. What? Karin? Karin? Oh, Kareem. 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 Yeah, her his crispy cream person. Okay, what what clip is that? Biden New Year resolution. Look, the president, after coming out of the State of the Union, he talked about uh, he talked about finishing up the job, right? And what he what he meant by that is uh, continuing to work for veterans, right? And making sure we do the work that we need to do there, working on uh, 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 public health issues like cancer and other important, critical key in, in things that American people care about. Whether it's Roe, making Roe the law of the land, and continuing to work on gun violence. Our young people, kids, are the uh, when it comes to gun violence, guns are the the the, the leading killer of our kids so we're going to continue to do that work and that's going to be our focus in the upcoming year talk about word salad it's all the key words the hot words of the year right? she said she said cancer like it, gun control gun control gun, cancer gun control and uh i forget jobs oh. Look, the president, after coming out of the State of the Union, he talked about uh, he talked about finishing up the job, right? And what he what he meant by that is uh, continuing to work for veterans, right? And make okay, the vets. Make sure we do. I, when the- has he ever mentioned anything about vets? By the way, <laughs> never. I've I mean, never heard that. The vets, obviously, work yeah, that we need to clearly. do there. Working on uh, 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 public health issues. She's making it up on the spot, dude. Issues uh, like yeah. cancer and cancer. other important, critical key in, in things that <laughs> right. American people care about, whether it's role making Roe the law of the land and continue. Roe? Oh, Roe versus Rose Wade. Wade. Okay, so we got vets, cancer, Roe. Continue to work on gun violence. Abortion. Our young people, guns. kids guns. are the, uh, when it comes to gun violence, guns are the, 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 the leading killer of our kids. So we're going to continue to do that work and that's going to be our focus in the upcoming year. What about inflation, man? Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently this is, uh, this is the best year for employment, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. I don't even think that's true, though. Um, I mean, but if you have employment, you, clearly you don't have inflation and like, you know, gas prices are down. So yeah, that means but inflation no still, it's still rising. I understand that. Okay. <laughs> Inflation's just not a priority for them. I guess not. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good news. Re- New Year's resolution. I like how you put Biden border Kareem. Well, yeah, I had two clubs. I don't think border. you knew how to spell Kareem. I think it's Kareem. No, it's C-A-R-I-N-E. That's how YouTube <laughs> spells it. Well, you put K. I mean K. It's K. <laughs> oh, man. I just this is not your day, dude. <laughs> no, it's K. I wrote K. <laughs> okay. I just can't speak. Yeah, we know. Um. So, what is your? Okay. So we got his New Year's resolution. New Year's boy. We yeah. Got his New Year's resolution. Well, what I don't know you, if they're his, but they're definitely they're hers. De- they're absolutely his. <laughs> the president wouldn't lie. <laughs> Never. Yeah. What is yours? What are mine? Yeah. Uh, be better at this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, be better. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so it seems like you have some stuff you want to talk about. Uh, I suggest we do your COVID stuff first. Okay, yeah. One of the things, uh, I mean, Biden's really focused on cancer, <laughs> but, um, cancer. you know, everybody else kind of focused on COVID, uh, especially Moderna. With um, They're going into 2024 with uh, their stock value is super high. Like it was increased. So it, it's it's predicted that they're going to be a very valuable stock this year all of a sudden um and that clip is starting it off with yep. Moderna this name getting pummeled this year it's actually the second uh, biggest laggard in the S&P year to date not being able to hold on to those gains during the COVID-19 pandemic and how could they right how could they hold on to the growth that they got following the creation of that vaccine there yeah when they when they em employed that millions get vaccinated or lose their job no yeah and that was like the only product that the they stock had would be high no, no, no. I mean, in 2023, it was valued super, super low and they yeah. didn't meet what they were expected to meet. Sure. Then going into 2024, now they're super valued. They're valued super high. I wonder why. Oh, she'll tell you. We're going to be looking to some other potential growth areas heading into 2024. The street has not necessarily uh, rewarded them for their investment in <laughs> cancer research, cancer drugs, but um, they are looking to get regulatory approval in the U.S. and Europe for respiratory virus vaccine. That could be a boon for this name moving forward. Wow. So, okay. They're just moving down the list of hot, hot diseases. Well, it, it's all the diseases that, that come from getting from taking the shot. RSV doesn't come from taking oh, a shot. Oh, I guess not, but cancer does. Well, cancer existed well before it, though. No, but I've seen Pfizer ads for recent cancer drugs that are going to be released. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm just... Well, from the increase, yeah, increased cancer rates. Right. So you're saying that, okay, they think it's going to be a bigger area yeah. now? Now they have the new the new stuff to uh, to promote this, this, you know, once you get one person sick and they get cancer, now you employ another another kind of medicine for them to take. Well, of course. Okay. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, and I have another one on Moderna. It's the next okay. one. You know, these in, uh, earnings were interesting because, um, you know, I think a lot of people like, expected them to be sort of a little bit ho-hum for Moderna. They had indicated they'd have, uh, you know, all-time lows in sales and earnings. Uh, their OPEX is going up. Uh, and we won't really know much about COVID-19, um, you know, vaccine sales for at least another quarter or two, what that looks like for them and their competitors. Um, their chief commercial officer, I think, uh, dealt more into what is possible for Moderna going forward. Of course, a lot of it depends on vaccination rates for the rest of the year. Uh, they're hypothesizing about 50 million to 100 million shots uh, later this year, early next year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think that was from the end of in like December. So mm -hmm. that was them closing out 2023 with they didn't meet that number. Yeah, that target. So now, you know, how do they meet that target? <laughs> how do you how do you meet a target that you've set out for, especially with uh, stocks predicted super high now? You got to push it to society, right? OK, OK. You, you got a video you want to give me? Or I you do. Just, OK, um, go ahead. That one is. Come on, man. CBS Schaffner. Oh, no. The CDC says Wait, COVID no, no, cases. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> COVID updates to vaccine. That's it. On September 11th, the FDA approved or authorized 
the Moderna and Pfizer 2023-2024 vaccine formulation for this upcoming respiratory season. On Tuesday, the 12th of September, the CDC convened and authorized for use a vaccine schedule and made the recommendation that all individuals six months or older, regardless of their prior vaccine status, receive a 2023-2024 COVID vaccine oh. for this upcoming respiratory season. The way that these vaccines were authorized for the 2023-2024 season is that those five years and older can receive any vaccine regardless of what they received in their primary series. And for that age group as well, whether you've been vaccinated with your primary series, whether you've had boosters or whether you've had no vaccine at all, it will be a one and done strategy. So Bullshit. one dose for one those and five done. years Bullshit. and older, every year, regardless you of your prior vaccine. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, so they're trying to go into RSV, right? They're trying to get this. Uh, they have a RSV vaccine that is uh, they're trying to get FDA approval for it. I don't think it's been granted yet. Um, but I mean, they always have COVID to rely on. Right. And now the CDC is helping them out with that by pushing the schedule for everybody. So, I mean, it, just uh, so she, what she's saying is that uh, every year, basically, it's going to be an annual schedule and five years and up, you can get, you got a one and done, right? One shot until you got to get the next one, but you can get any kinds. You can mix and match, you know, you don't have to match what you've, what you've had previously, except if you're less than five years old, then you have to match it. That doesn't make any sense. Like you have to, like if you got Moderna first when you were like a year old and now you're like three, you still have to get Moderna. Yeah, but they didn't say that earlier. No, they said right. you can't mix and match. You can't mix and match. So Damn, why does what happens that. at five? You you implode. No, yeah, I mean like what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't make it. Like doesn't make what happens at five that it doesn't matter if you mix and match. You blow up. <clears throat> but of course, it's hitting the two Moderna and Pfizer, and then there's a third one coming out, Novavax, yeah. which is non mRNA, mRNA, but it's not approved yet. Okay. You got a COVID, COVID variant one, well, two. Well, yeah. So then why do we still need vaccines? Why is it on a schedule? Because there's always new variants. So just when you thought that we've turned the page on COVID and put behind us, there is now a new variant experts say may be tougher to detect. Mm. Dr. Eric Asher is family medicine physician with Northwell Lenox Hill Hospital. Hello. Nice to have you here. Good morning. You're looking at Good morning. two people with lots of antibodies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what do we know Excellent. about uh, the virus this year? Because for me, I, I got it like in two seconds. I was infected by someone who lives in my house. <laughs> Who, who's not taken the blame for it, but two days, I got it. <laughs> that sounds like a problem. Someone seems like they're pissed off. They didn't take the heat. This is bullshit. Got it. Is, is it more contagious, this? this? Absolutely. So Absolutely. with this variant, it, we're seeing that it's a lot more transmissible, a lot more contagious. The, the This guy does not sell vaccines very well. No. Uh, that's quite the salesman. Yeah. Interesting fact about this variant is that it has a lot more mutations on it than prior ones. The good news is symptoms are still the same. Disease course is still the same amount of time. And we know that the current vaccine, which is our best line of defense, is protecting against this current strain. Oh, this new variant. That's good. Oh, I've never heard about this. Where? What is oh. this new variant? Okay, wait. One out? Pause that one oh, pause. and then go to the William Schaffner CBS one. William Schaffner. So this is a the doctor CDC just says brought on the news. I okay. don't know his. Yeah. Oh, it's not playing. 
Hang on. The CDC says COVID cases are on the rise across the U.S., with almost every state reporting a spike in new infections as we head into another holiday <laughs> travel weekend. At least 22 states are reporting very high COVID-19 wastewater levels. What does that mean? Most of those Your poop. They, they no, get no, no. samples from the poop. But what is very high? Oh, sure. Like you... high compared to zero or high compared to normal? The past? Yeah, to the past. Yeah. So they, they, they've tracked your poop cycles for a bit. I know. Like the sewage area. <laughs> they just take samples of it every now and then. Right. But I mean, do they really know what area that comes from? And like, it's just how concentrated it is, right? I'll concentrate with COVID. States are in the Midwest, Mid-Atlantic, and New England. Dr. William Schaffner joins us now from Nashville. He's a professor of infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University Medical Center and always helps navigate the fiction from the facts. We're the glad to have you with us, Dr. Schaffner. So there's this new coronavirus strain. It's emerged in recent weeks, JN1. The World Health Organization has called it a variant of interest. What do we know about it? How concerned should we actually be? Well, Lana, it's good to be with you, and it is indeed winter respiratory virus season, and COVID is out there surging, as you were just saying, across the country. It's certainly happening in my neck of the woods here. This new strain shares some characteristics with Omicron. It's very highly contagious. It seems to be outrunning some of the other variants and be it's fast as hell. Yeah. becoming dominant. But there are two good things about it. One, <laughs> it's very dominant. Just in watch the, it speed by. It, it's like the gladiator himself, the champion of champions. It's tearing up the battleground. Oh, fucking shit up. Yeah. It's not producing more severe disease. And number two, the laboratory studies would indicate that our currently updated COVID vaccine does provide protection against severe disease caused by this variant. So wait, so and you should be safe then, right? Right. If they're pushing this vaccine? Right. Very, it. very good. Hit it. Now, these vaccines will not provide excellent protection oh against God. milder disease. And how, by milder... What is that How? What is that wording? It will not provide excellent like coverage, protection. You know what it is? It's definitely filling it's in for, words to, to try to make it seem like it's better product than it is. Of course it is. Yeah. People just half listening, they're right. going to hear, oh, excellent, excellent. protection. Right. Yeah, like, totally. Oh, fantastic. No, what he's saying is like, it's... It's okay. ass. So this, <laughs> it's this variant is not severe. Yeah. Okay. The vaccine for it... Um, will keep you from getting severe, but you're not, you're still going to get sick. Yeah. You just won't be in the hospital, but you wouldn't be in the hospital anyways, because it's not severe. I'm going to keep playing. Yeah, go ahead. Our currently updated COVID vaccine does provide protection against severe disease caused by this variant. And that's very, very good. Now, these vaccines will not provide Excellent protection against wow, that my is really interesting. Good catch, buddy. That yeah. is, that's not bad. That's insane. Yeah, uh, it's such a that's terrible a good. Wording. Well, it's good marketing. No, I mean, of right? course. You're, you're, you're absolutely right in the sense and that you whole, just go buy it and you're excellent. Per, his whole persona too. Elder disease. Like, and he's, yeah. it's like he's you know good old neighborhood doctor over here. <laughs> yeah, sure. That, that's yeah. I got a, I actually got a clip about this too. So it'd be good. Okay. Yeah. By milder, what we mean is not needing hospitalizations but you could be kind of miserable for three or four days. But protection against hospitalization, intensive care unit admission, protection against dying. 
What's wrong with that? What's wrong? With Sounds that? like things that people should pay attention to. Uh, but oh God, this is despicable. Do you want to play the rest or? Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay. But the country is no longer in a COVID emergency, Dr. Schaffner. So a lot of people don't really feel that concerned about it. They're they're viewing it more like a cold, like a common cold or the flu. Because it is. Is that yeah. an appropriate response? It may very well be. And remind us how long those boosters actually last if people are sort of wondering whether they need to get boosted again. Well, remember, Lana, I talked about the respiratory viruses. And so we need to respect these viruses. Influenza, which is also surging across the country at the moment, and we've underutilized that vaccine. COVID is increasing, and RSV has increased, and fortunately, may be plateauing in many parts of the country now. We're going to get an attempt again. I know I've been hearing this for a bit, but like a three-shot oh, all in already... one package type deal. Yeah, yeah. Get it all in once. I It'll mean, just be saline. There... <laughs> You know, there won't be anything in there. It's just hydration. <laughs> yeah, you just get yourself hydrated. You're just all dehydrated. Yeah. No, the, 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 no, they, yeah. there is, um, they're doing a test where you can do an at-home test for flu and COVID. Oh, um, nice. That's okay. not out yet. I think it's in Europe still, but I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was well, a free shot kind of thing. Let's deal. keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it'll roll in at some point. Yeah, but I mean, notice like a, a few episodes ago, we talked about RSV. As far as I understand it, it's mostly just infants and really old people who are should be worried about it. Um, other than that, it's not it's not anything worth worrying about. No, I wouldn't. So I mean, yeah. So like Think, these thanks cases for letting are, us know as if this part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, RSV is always grouped into that. It makes the big three right. It just makes it more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll get playing, or do you want to move on? Or you think you, you, or you think you squeeze all the lemon off the juice? Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not worth it. You can oh, just... okay. You, you definitely didn't hear that dump joke I made there. It's fine. All the lemons off the juice. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, should I go back to the new variant, or should I go back to? Uh, so if you don't believe his word for it, that's not severe. Nice. There is another doctor confirming that with new variant part two. And tell me more about the most recent variant, JN1. Tell me about that. So yeah, JN1, tell me more about it. what we found is a variant of the BA2.86 Omicron strain. Um, so it is similar, but that's what we're seeing now in all the surveillance data that's coming in. Uh, that's the circulating one, and the cases have gone up by about 40% currently. Uh, we have also found that it's very transmissible, but not very high in severity at this time. So although there are increases in hospitalizations, and uh, illnesses overall um it's not that high risk at this time i mean okay. it's also winter right so yeah people are prone to get sick anyways yeah so yeah. we can go back to the uh the the covid new variant one. uh okay i didn't have it saved per se but uh i, I guess i'll just so we'll just when you thought disease course yeah we'll go back to the terrible salesman i guess i'll just i'll skip yeah. like about a minute in yeah it's still fine. the same amount of time and we know that the current vaccine which is our best line of defense is protecting against this current strain oh this new variant that's oh, good yeah. uh How i'm wonderful. hearing that yeah. a lot of the emergency rooms in new york city are filled with migrants and lots of people who also need help can't get in the door they don't need a vaccine status Wait, by the way do you yeah. know that so sh she's prepping him right it's that, oh, is there a threat of emergency rooms shutting down again? Yes, becoming yes, overloaded yeah. from this terrible illness? Let's hear that again. Especially for migrants. Goddamn immigrants. <laughs> migrants. Uh, I'm hearing that 
lot of the emergency rooms in New York City are filled with migrants and lots of people. Where is this evidence, by the way? Is this is it's I her have friend not who works in the emergency room? Oh, did rooms. you say that later? Well, okay. okay, so this is not the only guest that she leads this question with. No shit. Okay. Yeah. Let's so, keep playing. Yeah. Okay. Who also need help can't get in the door because it's filled with migrants. What are you seeing in Why here? Why are the migrants That's the problem? Di- like, well, what does that mean? Well, it, are they all getting? They're just taking up room in the hospital. Right. That's what she's implying. So that's yeah, a bit racist. To, no. What? 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 Uh, you didn't label a news source. You did on some. Oh, this you did is on Fox some. News through. Uh, uh, it's the New York. Okay, that makes sense. The all New right. York Channel uh, through Fox. The racist channel, obviously. Yeah. We're seeing that our hospitals are getting uh, an increase in volume with all different viruses. Would you say they're stretched? I don't think we're there yet. I think fortunately we learned a lot in 2020, so we know how to prepare. So we're not at that stretch mark yet. And I don't. He didn't give her the answer she wanted, right? No, of course not. (laughs) It's a gay man in Fox News. Yeah. I think. He's not going to comment on the migrants. (laughs) No, no, no. He's a migrant himself. (laughs) Stretched. I don't think we're there yeah, yet. I think, I think so. fortunately we learned a lot in 2020, so we know how to prepare. So we're not at that stretched mark yet. And I don't think I'm very optimistic that we're not going to get to that point. But I know that if we do, we have the, the precautions that are necessary. And, and just like for basic protocols, if you have the flu or the virus, once you start feeling symptoms, at what day, what day number can you go out and mingle with people that you're like, no, nah, I'm not contagious anymore. What, what, what day is that? I just need to know because if <laughs> I get sick again. It's too late for you. Well, it is too late because I have to stay home for almost 10 days. I, I know, me because, too. And that's the thing. Is that the protocol? Is it, is, is it 10 days you got to be home still or, or no? So with COVID, it's that first five days you're at home, you're avoiding other folks. And then from day six to 10, you're able to go outdoors as long as you're masked. So you're not going to oh. want to go into a social setting like a bar or a restaurant, but if you need to go to get your groceries as long as you're masked you're considered okay day 11 if you're not having any fevers is when you're back to Hold normal on. that is a, that's that's a lot it's a long time it's a long you've time. been freed look <laughs> at you God. and you got all I'm the antibodies saying, i'm just saying but i bet you this is going to happen to us again next year Do, are we really going to wait 11 days so we can socialize i, I think they're going to change the the protocol i'm hopeful the the more folks that do get, get ill how do they hopefully ch- how do they change the protocol I don't think they I have. Mean, five, no, I mean, this is also, this is, we're, th- what, three years, at, four years in now? We're well past it. it they still don't know how long. <laughs> they're unaware. They're so unaware. But, oh, oh, that's so long. I hope they change the protocol, like, to make it more convenient for me. <laughs> I do enjoy, not that we're conservatives, Jim. Uh, I do enjoy conservatives that still watch Fox News and as if this is still not a, a, a simple add-in, like, a, like an ad buy, essentially, for Fox News, selling ads to Pfizer or whatever. Um, this is just well, essentially every news channel, though. Yeah, that's what it's we're not seeing. Just Fox. No, correct. Well, actually, speaking of which, I guess I can go into my. I only have one COVID clip. Okay. Um, and it's and it's uh, <clears throat> <coughs> all I right. Mean, just I'm just playing the clip right now for that reason. Uh, given the cough I got, Coda and I have had the same cough for like two months. We, we call think it, it's kennel. We cough. call it kennel cough. You know what kennel cough is, by that's, the way? That's a that's a illness for dogs that kills them. Kennel cough is a conta- or yes. Uh, okay, hold on. I, uh, kennel cough. Wow. Now you don't do it. This is stupid. Uh, kennel cough is it's gonna load or maybe not. Okay, I guess it's not. It didn't load. That's cool. Uh, the classic symptom of kennel cough: persistent, forceful cough. It often sounds like a goose honk. That's not a good, okay. In dogs, is highly contagious respiratory disease in dogs, but it causes kennel cough, also known as infectious bronchitis. I don't know if I nailed that right. In people? In people. Well, no, it's just for dogs. I don't know yeah. what their joke was with the kennel cough. 
It's just the honking. I mean, they could have said whooping cough. They could have said, right. So we'll get into whooping cough. All right. I'll just, I'll just play <laughs> the clip. Terrible. I'll shut up and play the clip. Yeah. Okay. Oda and I have had the same cough for like two months. We, we call think it, it's kennel we cough. We call it kennel cough. Kennel we cough? Like, we're like, we're dogs in kennel. The anchor I'm sorry it happens, but we're almost better. Almost. And it was only three, four, five weeks <laughs> oh, after that that it finally worked. We're both better. I know. Every time we cough, everyone's like, Go away. But this is a big thing. It is. It's not just us. Yep. Our executive producer, Tom Mazzarelli, right now, mm-hmm. home with kennel cough, this mm-hmm. lingering cough that's so many. It keeps saying kennel cough, by the way. It's it, uh, whatever. Sorry. I just listening to this clip again. Remind. I mean, that was a big thing. There was a, a illness for dogs that was coming up. Not coming up. But During was, the pandemic? No, no, no. They like, also got rec- COVID? No, pretty. Yeah. Um, pretty recently. They actually have a new uh, vaccine schedule, too. Okay. I'm going to just play the clip. Sorry. If you have dealt with. It's true. So you said it earlier. It's the sound of the season. One reason why increasing cases of respiratory. We should have a jingle. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting. We should have a jingle of just uh, like like sound of the season, but it's winter edition. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's just people coughing. Ooh, that'd be a hard task to do. I could do that. It'd be a long-term project. We don't have the time. But anyway, okay, I'll just keep playing. Sorry. That's it. Just my brain's firing off. That's all. Mazzarelli right now, home with kennel cough, this lingering cough that so many of you have dealt with. It's true. So you said it earlier. It's the sound of the season. One reason why increasing cases of respiratory illness, and this is all across the country, including the flu. Look at this, COVID and RSV. States in the South, particularly hard hit, even whooping cough outbreaks have been reported in a handful of states. So how do you know what you have and what are the best remedies for those answers? We bring in the expert NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Terry Narula, cardiologist at Lenox Hill Hospital at Northwell Health. Dr. Narula, good morning to you. I can never believe that. If you see this person, she does not look like a doctor, in my opinion. Why is she hot? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She could not be educated. No, yeah, totally. I was like, no way. Anyway, just whatever. So I I, I do, you will catch me in this clip. It will cut in and out of certain points because I just started, I stopped losing interest. But I guess that would be the bit that I should have just shut up about. I'll I'll, I'll keep it. You stopped losing interest, so you're going to play the clip? I was, no, no, no. No, like, you'll hear it because I'm just trying to find an, like what oh, seems you're important. skipping through i'm skipping through live but i realized like half of it's nonsense as i finished off okay we'll oh just... so this sounds like you didn't edit your clip no 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 it was intentional i knew what i was doing it was a it was a you're trying to get a me choice yes it was a it was an artistic choice yeah okay, okay we're gonna play the clip you're trying to get me this is not fair uh this is planned point here you've got rsv you've got common colds that are apparently on the rise as well we all just gathered for the holidays the i mean is it just normal for this time of year or are we coughing more than we usually do hmm. i think we might be coughing more than usual she doesn't know she, she doesn't know she doesn't know she uh, right yeah isn't that funny she thinks she doesn't know there, what is this <laughs> there's no evidence there's nothing presented what? she thinks it, it was outrageous it was the dumbest clip <laughs> I, I mean is it just normal for this time of year or are we coughing more than we usually do i think we might be coughing more than usual we have a lot going on right now as you saw with the map this is the second year in a row where we have circulation of covid rsv and flu all at the same time so your chances of getting sick with something are high and your chances of getting something back to back where you get one and you get another are high we also think there may still be a little bit of an immunity debt right we were all masked socially distant for years we were all vaccinated people had 
terrible immune systems by it. They're <laughs> shot, do. still getting cancer, yeah, dying left and right. Yeah. Systems are down, so we're not used to dealing with some of these infections. Vaccination rates, which are typically low and shouldn't be as low as they are for things like the flu, for example, are even lower this year. So only about 42% of adults have gotten their flu vaccine. percent oh, have gotten the updated yeah. COVID vaccine. Um, you know, so there's a lot happening at the same time. Then there is bacterial infection. So things like strep, pneumonia, whooping cough, um, and fights oh, like that. Yeah, exactly. And so we grade coughs based on the time. So there's oh. acute, which is less than three weeks, subacute, which is up to eight weeks, Cinepril. Those are kind of <laughs> universally known to Sorry. cause cough. You know what I should have done instead? I'll stop playing it. Uh, you know what I should have done instead? I should have just fast forwarded it. The, the clip instead. That would have been funnier. Fast forward. Like, it just would have been... Talk double time? Yeah, just even, yeah, like four times the speed of light or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this lady's insane. Uh, clearly a paid, a played, uh, a paid pharma Did they actor. say what her credentials were? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't that? really... I'll play back. You'd have to look it up then to make sure that's Oh, yeah, I didn't, do, I didn't do a deep... No, this just, no, no, this no, sounds just like a pharma general. rep anyways, that they just, they... You know, some some pharmaceutical paid this doctor to come in and you know for a nice 10k yeah. for a 30 second or for a two minute Let's ad talk buy about different coughs right and just say that you need to get your shot reported Hold in on. a cough this lingering cough well, good morning to good morning. you oh, here for those answers we bring in the expert NBC News medical contributor expert. Dr. Tara Narula cardiologist at Lenox Hill Hospital at Northwell Health Dr. Narula good morning to good morning. you good morning so, good morning anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that this I whatever. I was upset. That lady pissed me off. She thinks. She thinks. She thinks. Anyway. Well. Well, speaking of migrants. Speaking of migrants. <laughs> wait, you, you know they're Bi- overloading wait, the emergency room. You have right. That was a really interesting. Wait, we have a Biden. We're back. Oh, that was. Uh, yeah, sure. That's short. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, that's from the New Year's. So Eve. many people through the Midwest and the, and the, the center of the country. Their, their factories are shipped overseas the last couple of times out, and, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now. Make and, a living. Uh, they've created a lot of jobs, <laughs> over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. We're, They're back. We're coming back. We're back. We're back. We're back, folks. We're back, yeah. baby. <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> this is so oh man this is not good okay well we're back we're back with the border crisis I'll oh man we are and we are we're gonna play it i want to come back here to the u.s because congress is back in session back. uh next week in just a couple of days here <laughs> and some republicans are again threatening to shut down the government over immigration we know negotiations are happening behind the scenes but how confident is the white house that a deal on border security can be reached in time so wait let me just say this very very quickly almost three years ago is this kareem uh krispy kreme donut this is yeah kareem <laughs> President, when he walked into this administration, he put forth a a, a comprehensive uh, uh, border immigration legislation to deal with this issue. And if Republicans, especially in the House, had taken that seriously, we would not be where we are today. So back in December, uh, we started to have this conversation with the Senate, Republicans and Democrats, to figure out how do we come up with a bipartisan agreement to deal with the border. And what House Republicans decided to do, they decided to go home in in mid-December, and what they've been doing is continuing to to politicize this issue. We should not be politicizing this issue. Like blaming one party for fucking it up. 
right as if uh, maybe multiple parties were the the the, the two state party systems so perfect anyways yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the maybe. president has asked over and over again for more uh, for more resources to deal with this issue they voted back in may to cut to cut uh, borders patrol agents at uh, at the border by 2000 and so that's what they're doing they're politicizing this issue the president wants to work to to make sure we have a bipartisan agreement that's what we're doing with the senate with republicans and democrats and it's too bad that house republicans continue to politicize this but it's not just republicans there there are some democrats as well president biden ah. also faces criticism <laughs> over his hand nice got him got him handling of the border crisis from democratic mayors in big cities like new york new chicago every it's seattle York City in Chicago. On wow. Monday, we know <laughs> yeah. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas is going to the border, but is it time for President Biden to make a visit himself to address these issues? The president was there last year. He oh. went to El Paso. He was there last, last year. year. Oh my God. So I went with him uh, and he visited the border, so Florida. he has done that. But he wants to put forward solutions. That's what the president wants. And as we talk about uh, these cities across the country that are dealing with uh, influx of migrants, we have provided $1 billion to those cities, to those jurisdictions, so that they can have extra resources to deal with what they're dealing with right now with the increased so influx of migrants. So sending money to them to deal with the migrants that you're letting in. Right. And and bringing more in. And bringing more, and doing nothing to prevent. It, you know, it's not even uh, the, the, the Just Pleb show is not necessarily... Uh, it's not necessarily um, pro or anti-immigrant. What what we tend to see at this point is a lot of people unjustifiably being promised something that that's not the case. So bringing in these migrants uh, is not necessarily the most beneficial. But when you hear these people and the opportunity that you can come in and get a work visa and, and you'll get the full American dream and whatnot, uh, and then they come here and they're piled in snow. Um, mm -hmm. They're not exactly setting them up for perfect situations. That also, it, it's it's just awful in, in terms of of how you deal with people. Exactly, and even on the other side too, for the people who live in the country <clears throat> that that is happening to, right? People who are getting like what was that the the uh, was it the mayor or someone who's talking to the community about they're taking up space now in a park or something? Sure. Um, but the people who are getting kicked out are the people who have to deal with this excess of people and lack of resources. And then you have a government who says, oh, we want to help. We want to then just give money to putting a Band-Aid over it. Right. But then doing absolutely nothing for the root cause of it. That's not horrible. helping anybody involved. Right. But then just kind of covering their own asses with just word vomit. Right. Yeah. Essentially. It, Meantime, newly arrived migrants getting their first real taste of the brutal Chicago winter to come. WGN's Julian Cruz live in Lakeview with more on the city's plans to get them out of the cold. Julian. Well, Mike and Ray, migrant families deeply concerned about the harsh elements, not knowing how much longer it'll be before they get moved to shelters. And as you might imagine, parents especially worried about their kids. Parents say exposure to the cold is making their kids sick. With RSV? We don't know what to do. Shut up. <laughs> this Venezuelan mother of three confesses with the inevitable arrival of snow and bitter cold. We feel that one way or another, she says, we're trapped. For now, at least, no CTA warming buses in the afternoon outside the snow-capped tent village housing homeless immigrants at Chicago's 19th police district. 
Solo hay cuatro niños pequeños. Here there are four small children. They're in tents, by the way, outside of a, of a police office, I believe. Venezuelan father shows us, and a young girl over here pointing to tents where he says families sleep. I have three children, he tells us, ages five, three, and one. The 25-year-old dad reluctant to reveal his identity, not wanting to offend his 19th district hosts, because he claims there's not enough room in the lobby to house all the children, many of them, he says, getting sick. Just awful. I mean, truly, I mean, the, the, I mean, it, these tents are piled in snow. I mean, if you look at it, mm -hmm. I, I just. And how much, so then how much better is it? it is it for them? They're being not better over off. Here? They're not better off. No, exactly. I mean, I mean, I, ugh, that's hard to say, I suppose. Right. But well, under the current circumstances, <coughs> it's not much better. Right. They, they're not, there's no resources. Right. Well, it's, they're cold. We better make more. <laughs> it's warmer down south. We got a surge. Ah. We turn now to the migrant crisis, a bit of record surge. House Speaker Mike Johnson and fellow Republicans at the border in Eagle Pass, Texas today, saying America is at a breaking point, pressuring President Biden to accept Republican proposals to fix it. Tonight, President Biden now blaming Republicans for holding up funding for border security. Matt Rivers from Texas now. Tonight, amid a record number of border crossings, House Speaker Mike Johnson and 64 House Republicans touring the southern border, descending on Eagle Pass, Texas. Okay, Eagle Pass, Texas. I, I, I will come back to this clip. I do have something else I wanted to play okay. that was more that will more set us up for, for what I'm trying to do. Okay, here we go. CBS. As we mentioned, Speaker Mike Johnson led this delegation of House Republicans, and he spoke with CBS News senior foreign affairs correspondent and Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan where he points the blame for the crisis squarely at the president. On his first day in office, President Biden came in and issued executive orders that began this chaos. No, um, this isn't the one. Remain in Mexico is, is one of them. Oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, I, got... I have one to, to go against that where we go... we really? okay. the president diverts the blame for that, right? Where is that? I don't see that in your uh, clips. That is um, Biden, you border, have... Corinne. Corinne. Oh, it's in a previous one. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I, I see it. Oh, let but me, it can play after you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, sorry. Uh, I should have had these a little differently labeled, even though they're labeled pretty well. But I'll play this one. This is the <laughs> one I wanted to disclose. South now to America's southern border, where migrant crossings have dropped, but the trend lines are clear. An all-time monthly high was reached in December, and it is a major challenge down there. CBS News got exclusive access to exclusive. a border facility in Eagle Pass, Texas, all the coming as President Biden is renewing a call for more border funding, and they're trying to work out a deal. House Speaker Mike Johnson is in the area planning a congressional visit later today. Margaret Brennan, moderator of Face the Nation, has also made her way to Eagle Pass. Margaret, good morning to you. Morning. And good morning to you, Tony. Uh, Eagle Pass, Texas, is one of the busiest border entry points in the country. That's but a lie. That's a lie. Really? That's a lie. That's a straight up lie. It's not even in the top 10. Wow. It's not in the top 10. It's uh, some border entry in California, El Paso. So they said this is the biggest border crossing in the country. I'll play it again. Margaret, good morning to you. Morning. Sorry. Good morning, Tony. And good morning to you, Tony. Uh, Eagle Pass, Texas is one <laughs> of the busiest border entry points in the country, but one of the, it will one of the biggest. It's not busiest. even it's not even in the top 10. One of the busiest. It's busiest. It's still I looked up busiest borders. Yeah. This is the this is from the US.gov border entry. It's not even in the top 10. Huh. 
I guess how do they define Blaine one of- Washington? Well, it's ent- well entries. Ent- I'm assuming I'm assuming they're talking about U.S. Uh, or legal well, passing through, border. right? Sure. If yeah. they're gonna, but they didn't specify, so I'm gonna just say that it's not true. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'll just believe you because yeah, I didn't look fine. up anything. Right. So. so it's yeah, it's El Paso, uh, Loreto, uh, Hidalgo, Brownsville, Buffalo, Niagara, and New York, Detroit, and then Blaine, Blaine, Washington. Wow. Anyway, be open tomorrow after being shut down for the better part of two and a half weeks because officials here told us they did not have the manpower or the resources to process the sheer number of asylum seekers trying to cross or even to apprehend those trying to cross illegally. So they, now this, sorry, so they were shut down for two and a half weeks because <coughs> they were short-staffed? Correct. This so, is this is very interesting, Savannah. Yeah. I, I am for one seeing, a, a, this is a pattern that you can see from CBS. NBC did its own thing, but same sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Where I I see the concept of they're all saying the same thing of we are we are strapped with we are strapped with personnel mm-hmm. we are strapped for money we need help to fund all these things there's not enough resources to go around all three of those news sources reported the same thing right which is fine because they're probably looking under the same lens of one person coming in but in the realm that we know of things news sources get put out the way they want to the way a a, a vaccine gets sold well uh, it's how are they. I mean, is, are they benefiting from putting out that message? Well, they're being paid to put out a message, right? And so, yeah. and so here we're seeing the list of the the list of gripes that they have about the border issue, uh, border issue currently. Facility you see here, these tents are, were housing six thousand people right before Christmas. The agents told us they were so overwhelmed that they could only guard four miles of the border that left 90 percent of it unpatrolled so why are they suddenly short staffed but that's that's what i'm getting at like Like what happened this has always been an issue for a long time but why now why are they suddenly it just did a lot of people just quit right and they haven't been able to no not quit no it's just an influx of migrants is what they're saying however i haven't been able to find information of amount of people um supposedly like 302,000 immigrants came came in uh, within like a certain point, within a certain period of time in December. But do you know how much more that I, is? I could not find it. I, I couldn't find it. So yeah. I, I don't know that that's, that's where I'm getting at. It's like, is this, is this highly unusual? I mean, they're saying one thing, but it's like, is, you know, are there numbers that are proven otherwise? Right. Well, so. yeah. And then why were they suddenly able to then open up after the two and a half weeks of having to be closed down? Correct. So right. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'll just keep playing. Hold us. We are just not sure what we missed during that time. Now, he estimated in, in this sector. So they're not sure one- what they missed in terms of people illegally crossing over. Illegally. They weren't able to keep track. No. So are they a- ever able to keep track because it's illegal crossing? That yeah, means there's that entry they points. Know about I mean, they it. can walk the desert and get in. I no, mean, no, no. But would the border agents <coughs> ever be able to keep track because it's all illegal, implying that they don't know about it? Well, yeah, and there's some people that go there directly to get detained so they can receive asylum. There's others that that will just sneak through as illegal. Yeah. So uh, the, have they ever been able to tra- have an accurate? Yeah, they never. They never. Cla- they never clarified. Yeah. So that's not been. No. Okay. One week alone, smugglers made about thirty-two million dollars off of people paying them for illegal transit into the U.S. How do they know that? Forty percent of them. Sorry, I keep interrupting. It. It's estimates. I. I. I mean. Uh, I mean. I've heard that. From other sources, uh, what sounds like is that they're not getting a cut 
I mean, it's it's it, that seems more of like a bitching. Like I just they got thirty two million and we didn't. get <laughs> What did uh, we get? What did we get? Nothing. Nothing. We got all this paperwork. There's not Ugh. enough money to be passed around. Uh, crossing our families, sixty percent adult men, according to Border Patrol, and they believe that smugglers are targeting very thinly resourced remote areas like this because they know they can exploit these weaknesses. So most of these migrants are from Venezuela. We were also told they are from 61 different countries as far away as Asia and Africa. And what we heard them requesting here, Tony, was for greater resources to be able to patrol and more ability to have consequences like deportation. Anyway, so it, it this this only gets weirder in the sense of the bill they're trying to pass, right? So we'll get into that. Is that the bill that's being held up in Congress that the, this is the, the Republicans This is the are... infamous bill that they're trying to pass. Okay. But this sounds more bipartisan than they're willing to admit. Um, you, okay, yeah. Where do I want to start? I guess I guess I probably don't need one of these clips because one of them was CBS. So we'll just play the ABC version. We turn now to the migrant crisis, a bit of record surge. House Speaker Mike Johnson and fellow Republicans at the border in Eagle Pass, Texas today, saying America is at a breaking point, pressuring President Biden to accept Republican proposals to fix it. Tonight, President Biden now blaming Republicans for holding up funding for border security. Matt Rivers from Texas now. Tonight, amid a record number of border crossings, House Speaker Mike Johnson and 64 House Republicans touring the southern border, descending on Eagle Pass, Texas, to demand stricter immigration policies. One thing is absolutely clear. Again, America is at a what's breaking... What's just upsetting about this is that this has been a problem forever. Why is it now an issue? It's like, when, why why today? Why why not last month? Why not two months ago? Why not, why not a year ago? three years ago? Why not three years ago? Biden had that... Sure, when he had full control of Congress. It's like, why today? So yeah. anyway, whatever. Point ...with record levels of illegal immigration... December reaching that record high. Sources telling ABC News there were 302,000 migrant encounters. And until changes are made to border policies, Republican lawmakers are vowing to hold up emergency funds for Ukraine, Israel, and the border. H.R. 2, Secure the Border Act, would resume construction of the border wall, change who qualifies for asylum, and limit the Department of Homeland Security's ability to grant migrants parole. Our position is very clear, and we have made that uh, clear again for seven months. H.R. 2 is the necessary ingredient. Why? Because it has provisions that fix each of these problems, and these things work together. And today, senators on Capitol Hill working to strike a bipartisan deal. We're making progress. We're closer than we have been. But this is a very difficult issue. Okay, do you want to know what H.R. 2 is? Yes, please. Okay, H.R. 2 is a recent bill that's being pushed. It was passed on the fit, uh, the uh, in May by the House. Uh, H.R. 2, there is certain portions of it that are fine, right? They get rid of, supposedly, they get rid of uh, the protected status of NGOs. So uh, in that sense, NGOs would no longer receive funding for it, which we'll play a clip of in a Bit. Wouldn't they won't receive funding for what for uh, receive funding for housing and transport to migrants? Um, oh, because that's always been the case with NGOs. Yeah, which is what they, they might N- be. NGOs are part of that problem that yeah. we're that we're I guess we're I guess we're starting to realize you and I. But uh, these U.S. Custom and Border Protection technology upgrades are you know as they've all mentioned they every they can't look at everything all at once. Um, they have, let's see, what's a good one. They get to upgrade license plate readers at port of entries. 
Um, there is an upgrade of uh, no later than two years of the date to enact this act. The commissioner shall upgrade all existing license plate readers in need of upgrade as determined by the commissioner uh, on the northern and southern borders. Um, there's a few more. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Well, I mean, California is also trying to. Weren't they doing that, too, with their um, updated uh, uh, like police abilities? <laughs> There's a better word for that, but they were trying to get more comprehensive um, uh, license plate readers. Thank you for filling in the time. I also have mobile surveillance vehicles, <laughs> associated electronic, including camera sensors and technology and radar, tower-based surveillance, advanced unattended surveillance sensors, deployable lighter-than-air ground surveillance equipment. What the fuck does that mean? Is that a drone? I don't, I, I, lighter, lighter than, than air? air? Right, that's what I'm getting at. Uh, non-intrusive inspection technologies, including non-X-ray devices. Um, what? How does that work? I don't know. Radios. Uh, that's uh, radios, miniature satellites. This okay. this sounds like horseshit. I I mean I don't know. Uh, manned aircraft communications, common operation pictures. But my point to this is that these are all. Oh, and hold on. In addition to the otherwise authorized to be appropriated for such purposes, there is an authorized. To be appropriated three hundred or uh, thirty-three million dollars for fiscal years of 2024-2025. Uh, and it's all the upgrades that I was just mentioning earlier. Um, when in reality, I'm I'm starting to wonder: is all this really necessary when you, when we can just turn them back? Well, yeah, exactly. Right. So this is just to monitor. Okay, so all of that unmanned stuff. That's just to keep track of who's coming over. Correct. But they're already there. But they're already there. There's they're, nothing they're stopping them right. They're from surrendering coming. themselves anyways to this sort of system of like, take me in. I'm looking for asylum, which they can't verify if they're asylums or not, or asylum seekers or not. Well, yeah. Uh, on top of that, I do have some other stuff from the bill. Uh, the collection of data, uh, the collection of DNA and biometric information at the border. So like fingerprinting? More than that. Uh, no later than, than 14 that. days after the date of enactment of this act. That's really annoying. The secretary shall ensure the certification uh, to the Committee of Homeland Security, the House of Representatives, the Committee of Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs of the Senate that CBP is fully compliant with the federal DNA and biometric collection requirements at the United States land borders. Uh, this, would in, this would entail um, TSA. Hold on. I got to zoom in on this guy. It's a little too small. Okay. TSA must collect biometric information of any individual who seeks in the enter or seeks to enter the aircraft boarding area of an airport where cross where, where access is controlled by TSA. It does not present an it does not present an accepted uh, identification document. Three, the TSA cannot verify uh, is a U.S. national. The TSA must share the collection of biometric information with an automated biometric identification system. The, so, and, and this is going, this is not just, this would not just be uh, Nexus or or what was the other one? Um, uh, yeah. uh, it's not clear. It's, is it certified? I forget what the other something one. Something like that. Something like that. But it's not just at the border. This is, I mean, they're talking about I don't know aircraft. why this, I don't know why this has to do with just aircraft travel. The, like this bill does not fit the picture of border issues. I mean, sure, flying. I, I mean, I, I sure I, I get flying across like through uh, customs, through customs, and you know, from country to but country. But they already have all that, and there's no way that somebody can illegally get through customs. Right. I mean, that's so, way more. Right. So that's to my point. Why, why is this all of a sudden? This bill is not. It's not what it turns out to be. This well, is horseshit. Yeah, but that goes for any bill. There's always stuff involved that's not directly 
you know, it's not just what is that's what it's being promoted as. Right. There's always things involved that people just want to slip in there. Sure. Yes, you've you've deflated my balloon there, but yes. Sorry. Yeah, but my no. Po- yeah, I mean, this seems no. Yeah. weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. But it's it's just I'm just shocked that this. Well, I'm not shocked, but it's just annoying that that that's no one read the bill. I mean, I'm still halfway reading through it. And it's, well, it's huge. I mean, the summary is probably five pages long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Half of this doesn't have anything to do with with what border security has to be. And a lot of it just sounds like they're selling. There was one. There was one portion I read, where it was talking about. Um, oh gosh, where was it? It was like putting up like um, landscaping in certain parts of the border. What? Yeah. Landscaping. Hold on. Uh, I can't. I'd have to find it again. But it's like putting up certain like uh, maybe not trees is the right word, but certain things where it'll it'll sort of block the entry of of, of the border, right? Uh, maybe a wall oh with uh yeah okay but but it's more of like bio like like plants like putting instead of just a brick wall right i mean a a border wall wouldn't do anyways i mean it wouldn't matter they'll still get through it but none of this is is very effective when you're still letting them in exactly right um this one this is the only upside the section prohibits dhs uh from processing the entry of non-us nationals arriving in between port of entries uh, providing funds to non-governmental agencies, organizations, pardon me, that facilitate or encourage unlawful activity. Providing funds to NGOs that provide certain services such as lodging or immigration legal services to inadmissible non-U.S. nationals who enter the United States. So they're prohibiting that, which I guess is good because that that is something that I'm going to play right now with uh, PBS NewsHour. Uh, actually, I think I might go with if the U.S. system, U.S. immigration system is strained. Uh, and unable to handle the record number of immigrants, part one. To underscore just how seriously national leaders view the latest surge at the border, President Biden spoke to Mexico's president today about the urgent need for more enforcement. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will head to Mexico in the coming days. Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson is also urging the president to take executive actions to stem the tide of migration, even as senators continue negotiations on a broader deal to fix an immigration system seen by many as broken or at least at its limits. To lay out how that system works and does not work, I'm joined by Doris Meisner of the Migration Policy Institute. She is a former commissioner of the Immigration and Naturalization Ooh, Service. Oh, I want to wait and on this Ruth one. Damn it. Uh, they have PBS NewsHour and then PBS NewsHour. There's two of them, but uh, they're, one of them is specific to an, another lead-on story. This is the one I wanted to play. I'm so sorry. In addition to that, having to go farther to cross the border, how is this affecting life for, for, of residents on the This American- is Arizona, by the way. Uh, also, apparently, highest amount of immigrants that they've received, which... Really? I, I guess. I, I don't know. So they have <laughs> an influx of people... They all do. Staying the, there? The, they all do. Uh, yeah, I, I guess yeah. they're... Yeah, sure. Why uh, PBS and NBC did the same story? I'm not sure why. Yeah, so, you know... Probably as to far, prove a point. Or as the large numbers of migrants that are crossing, it is not affecting the majority of residents that live on the border and around the border. And the reason why is because a number of 
non-governmental organizations have really rallied together to put up services for these migrants, temporary services. There are a number of them along the border. Border Patrol will drop off migrants with these services, and then there are more robust services that send buses to bring the migrants to Tucson and to Phoenix, where they can give them overnight services, they can give them clothes, food, and assistance to make their travel arrangements to go to their final destination, which is typically with friends and family members in other parts of the country. So your average person living in these border communities is not seeing these large groups of migrants uh, on a regular basis, or for most people, probably not much at all. She's lying, by the way. Yeah, that sounds like a blatant lie. This is a blatant lie, and she clearly didn't get the script that the NGO money is going to end pretty soon. Well, yeah, how temporary is it? Right, and so then here's the mayor from Eagle Pass... Uh, who is expressing his his grief. This is NTD, uh, the New Tang Dynasty, which is a Chinese affiliation. But still, it it's it's a it's a it's a it's a non U.S. biased. It's probably I mean it's channel. it's biased in its own way, yeah, but, but you can pick it apart. At least the they US. played the mayor. I haven't found anyone else interviewing the mayor of Nobody the, else of the wants damn to town. Talk to him? I, I guess not. <laughs> Thank you for having me. First of all, this is definitely a very serious situation for the city of Eagle Pass. We're a city of about 28 to 30,000 people. And the last couple of days, we've had in excess of 5,000 people cross from Piedras Negras, Mexico, into Eagle Pass, Texas. It's become a big concern for the community. A lot of people are frustrated. A lot of these people are being uh, let loose in the community, walking around, and it's just a big concern for the city of Eagle Pass. I just like Adam how polar opposite that these two discussions were. No, they're not bothered at all. There's no there's no issues whatsoever. Yeah. Granted, two different areas, but still. They're still taking up space. I yeah. mean, even if, okay, so if she's, what she's saying is that the NGOs are taking them only overnight or whatever mm -hmm. in these, you know, small areas. Okay, how did they get that space? Did they have to kick anybody out of that space sure. for one? Right. Like, what happens if the people who are coming through don't have an end destination? Right. Right. Like, oh, in New York. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they're going to stay with family and friends. All of them? Did they right. all get kicked out? Like, why are they on the street then? <laughs> right. It's possible. But anyway, let's play part two of the PBS News Hour. I just, the, the um, Eagle Pass mayor is what I wanted to immediately, first off the bat, he clearly just, I think we, that's enough. 30 seconds of him saying we're stressed. Yeah. <laughs> is is enough to it. prove my point. Yeah. yeah. Is this situation sustainable or does something really have to change? One of the many things that's not they edited that part out by the way that's what i noticed it, oh they did yeah like the video part of yeah it? It, it, it normally there's a pause when she answers uh -huh. and uh and that wasn't that didn't seem to be the case now they just splice her in when she had the correct answer right oh is this situation sustainable or does something really have to change one of the many things that's not sustainable is that a lot of the non-governmental organizations that are helping migrants in cities like Tucson and Phoenix are constantly in a state of concern that they are not going to have enough resources to continue providing these services. And the reason why is because the federal government has been doling out grants to help cover these services in short, uh, short funding amounts. So these non-governmental organizations can only plan so far ahead 
fed. And with the large influx of migrants, the fact that more and more people keep coming and that number keeps growing, the money is not lasting as long as these organizations need it to last. They have been saying for quite some time now that they need a funding source that is more sustainable and more long term. You know what I think this is? This to me, this feels like the bigger issue is um, I believe that the reason maybe they're not settling and I'm just picking this up now. Maybe it is that they still want migrants to come in through these NGOs and they still need to be funded. Well, yeah, of course. Right. That's what they just said. No, correct. But this is this is perhaps why the 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 Senate or the, yeah, is the, disagreeing is disagreeing of where the funds will be directed. Right. Because at some in some extent, they still need people to come into the country. Well, of course. And then uh, people who are then dependent on government. Well, it's not just that. Um, so here's my other clip that will kind of go into it. Uh, this is um, because, you know, on one hand, you get Republicans on their side. They want they want to pay their buddies. Right. For the mobile surveillance vehicle and deployable lighter than air ground surveillance equipment, whatever the hell that means. Um and and you know a few other a few other products that they want to essentially divvy out to their buddies and make make some money off of it, um, but here was something I found from PBS and these were two think tank groups essentially right um, from either not either side of the aisle but just two two groups, uh, both women. Um, what also I just I found it funny that the NGOs are receiving money a non governmental organization is getting money from the government. To stay functioning. Yeah, correct. Well, that's 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 um that's always seems well, they work on behalf of the government. They I know, but so that they're not non governmental then. I I know what the meaning of a non an NGO yeah. is, but it's just you know but the idea that it's for supposed to not really be a part of the government. Right. They but, are acting on behalf of the government, yes. funded by the government. Right. Anyways. Just thought it was funny. Anyway, I'm gonna play this Maybe clip. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'll I'll play this clip. Um. To underscore just how seriously national leaders view the latest surge at the border, President Biden spoke to Mexico's president today about the urgent need for more enforcement. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will head to Mexico in the coming days. Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson is also urging the president to take executive actions to stem the tide of migration, even as senators continue negotiations on a broader deal to fix an immigration system seen by many as broken or at least at its limits. To lay out how that system works and does not work, I'm joined by Doris Meisner of the Migration Policy Institute. She is a former commissioner of the Immigration and Naturalization Service. And Ruth Wasm, a senior fellow at Cleveland State University and a longtime congressional researcher on immigration. Doris, I want to start, first of all, with explaining the push factor. How do you see this moment right now in world migration? We're in a new global era. This is happening all over the world that we are seeing large new flows of migrants. And it's a combination of things. It's a combination of the post-pandemic when most countries and many countries of the world have not come back as quickly as we have in the United States. It's failed states. It's, car it's corruption and um, violence. It is climate oh. issues. And it is persecution and um, uh, 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 discrimination. It's climate. To climate. climate. In case you're wondering how much of a scam this is, 
anytime you hear climate refugees or, or people dealing with with sort of uh, the New York Times posted that that people from South America will start coming more and more uh, due to sea level rises occurring. The sea. The sea. The sea is kicking them out. The Wouldn't that also affect us, though? Right. <laughs> that would affect the entire world. Yeah. So what? Everyone's going to go to higher ground. Yeah. Got to accept them. Anyway, that was upsetting. Even uh, though we're at sea level. <laughs> right. They they do talk about the asylum system and how kind of good's and bad, but it, it just it was too long and it wasn't worth listening to. It was kind yeah. of the, the spitballing. But what sort of intrigued me by the end of this, um, the end of this uh, interview of the two, and they only talked about the one person in this clip. Uh, was why we probably need the immigration system and why we need to import as much people as we need to. Or that Ruth, we are. This has led to this huge backlog that we saw for asylum seekers already in this country. And I want to look at some statistics. This comes from Syracuse University and the data that they've gathered. You talk about asylum right now. Current cases, not including the surge right now, current cases, more than a million people in the backlog for the asylum system waiting to be processed and get their day in court. By the, the way, that's not that's not including um, that's not including the other 37 million that are, have been here for 20 plus years. That's just new. These are just new. Yeah, I, I'm baffled by that. Um, <laughs> there's so many other, I mean, there are people that have been here for 20 plus years, pay their taxes, um, are integrated into society to the most extent that the American dream is supposed well, to be being a full citizen, without right? being a full citizen because they're being exploited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we have a million people that are brand new and, oh, three to four years. No problem. We'll get it done. Yeah, boss. right. Yeah. They're being, yeah, whatever. Much time for them waiting. Current cases, not including the surge right now, current cases, more than a million people in the and backlog. So for that the number's going to grow. Like, right. It's just right now there's a million, but not including any of the new people coming through, which is no, 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 probably no, 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 no. They're, triple the amount. They're talking about a million, and it's, uh, oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But she said not including this new surge. Right. Okay. So it's just going to increase. Waiting to be processed and get their day in court. The average time for them waiting for a hearing, almost four years. And that number is actually higher in many other states. This is a big discussion in Congress. Can the current system ever handle this amount of people? Well, yes. Um, one of the things that you have to bear in mind is that when we ratcheted up border security, which we've done over the last 25 years, really, even before 9-11, we didn't do commensurate funding for the related uh, portions of implementing that kind of policy. We didn't do commensurate spending for the asylum corps, for the immigration judges, for the other kinds of processing centers that are part and parcel of uh, a more uh, extensive border control strategy. So I think that if we fully funded these other components of the judges, of asylum, of the processing centers, we, we would be better situated to process these asylum claims. What I hear what? is that we've gotten yeah. better at... Ap- there, there, there's no resolution. That was, that was a mumbo-jumbo of words. Right. Do you understand what she was saying there? Do you want to play it back? Uh, no, that's not going to be helpful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but did you catch what she's getting at? Word salad, but essentially, by my understanding of it, was that the system's broken anyways for allowing people to come in uh, we can't process every like there's no there's no determination of of why they should stay or not. We're clearly 
No, I, it's just we. We're at max. It's like no, we just we need a better system to let them all in. Well, I, yeah, to process. Yeah, how I heard it was just when it was initially, I guess, twenty years ago or whatever, twenty five years ago, whatever, when it was initially evaluated for funding, mm-hmm. all of these other things like the judges and that was not taken. We're not taken into account for that funding, right? So they didn't receive funding, which is why there's such a bad backlog. But the system but in now, place is supposed to be that you come in lawfully. Right. Well, yeah. So if you can't even fund the process of doing that, right? Then and so the backlog is twenty years. Right. Why are you letting more then people how, in? Yeah. Why would you keep growing that? Right. And so she's asking for, oh, if we just had funding and and included all of that into the funding request and got approved, then it would go so much faster. We can let them all in. I do not believe that. Yeah. Right. I sure. think that's bull. That's yeah, bull. Savannah's bull of the day. Bull. Bull. Apprehension, but at the same time, our system just is not handling this situation. It's not, it's not meant to. It's not meant to handle no. this much, this many people to come in. I no. mean, it's it's thousands of like people a day, tens of like it's so many people that are coming in. Where are they supposed to go? Right. Like, what are they supposed to do? You know, once they get here, all this temporary stuff with the NGOs and housing and that, it's temporary. And then what? Right. And then how are they? Well, we'll get to our point. But without people who are already here being affected. Well, yeah, sure. Of course. Right. The, the, Which, but the they're millions not, you of know, migrants in, in Arizona, not, they're not affected. So. Right. Of course not. We should copy Arizona. In other countries, the EU, which is talking about having easier ways to deport people that they feel do not qualify for asylum. Just in the last minute or so, we have left. A big challenge to both of you. What is the conversation you think we should be having? Um, let me start with you, Ruth. Well, I think we need to take a look at whether or not we need additional pathways. There pathways? Are a lot of individuals mm-hmm. You need more ways for them to get in? Yeah. What? What? Their threshold. And I know we don't have time to discuss what that means, but they may not necessarily be refugees under the, the Cold War definition of a refugee. So taking a more complete look at... Um, the, the pathways for someone to come into the United States, because we know immigration is a net good. That needs to be done. But I also, in this last moment, want to say the onus is on Congress. That's where the power resides. The executive branch can only work on the margins. Congress sets these That's laws. bullshit, by the way. Yeah. There, there, is the so many, there, is, the there are so thing. many executive orders that can be placed anyways, which they've done previous times for many other things yeah that that this is not just a congress issue this is this is trying to find an agreement with the two essentially but they're pinning on congress as if that's the only that's way where the holdup is right um let, 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 give me a chance to finish it because okay. there's not that long left and and we can talk more about it okay makes these decisions. Let me pick up on that because to me the large question is how does immigration fit in America's future? We are a country that is aging. We are a country that has been the technology leader around the world. All of those things, and and innovation is going to be our competitive advantage. Immigration is a critical element of America's success. We need to treat it as an asset, and we need to have a system that is actually aligned with our economic needs as well as our humanitarian uh, traditions uh, going into the future. And we're not having that conversation. Okay. So the conversation I want to bring up here mm-hmm. is she made a very interesting point of it's not necessarily for the sake of them. It's more of the sake for our country that we need to have immigration 
Uh, it's beneficial for our economy. Now, I'm wondering, and I, I really dislike this guy, Peter Zihan, who is on, he's on YouTube and he's he's just trying to, he, he's essentially, and he's probably not wrong in that sense of, of China having a population issue during their one China, uh, one child China policy. Um, mm-hmm. And having, having a decrease in population is supposedly detrimental. Uh, I have read that before that you keep your population, like, uh, for example, Japan has some of the oldest population in the world and they won't be able to sustain, um, their economy because of the amount of consumption, consumption, I think that they're, that they're needing and they can't exactly care and or produce stuff fast enough for their country. So they, they, because they're overpopulated. No, they're, they're underpopulated. They're, but the they're, majority they're of their population is too old. They're retired. Take. They're they're done. They're not wanting to work anymore. Okay. So there's nothing, there's no one else to continue on the exports or the financial system. Do they not have population? Well, they, like, they're they a country that really has really tough immigration laws. Uh, yeah. They don't want outsiders to come in. But what about like fertility and that? And so fertility drops, right, as well. And that that is the case with the U.S. That is the case with Japan. That mm-hmm. is the case with the EU. Uh, I think you showed me, a, you gave me an article of, oh, of yeah. Italy, like, hadn't had a woman give birth. Oh, for, like, so many days. Right. Like, there hadn't been a live birth. Right. Yeah. It, like a no, month. fertility has dropped around the world, I think. Right. And so what else, what else, what a better way to do it than to import people? Mm-hmm. Um. But you want people who are going to be contributing. Yeah, you that's want, the whole well, point of right, it, right? But the, I mean, these people are contributing. I'm not that in their no, minds, yeah, right? They, yes. they want slaves to bring into the economy. But they're that, not contributing if they're just on the street. Well, no, but like they're but they will be given work visas. Like they think that's the argument or what they're trying to pass through is, and even then they can still slip through the cracks and work illegally. Yeah. Um. But even then, they're they're still given this sort of e-verify uh, green card that they can get in and start working at at probably vastly lower wages than than what an American probably should be paid. Uh, mm-hmm. In all honesty, so they're exploiting a group of people and putting them out to dry. They're they're using and abusing them, right? Um, and so then I picked up this clip of okay, so if, if the U.S. having supposedly an immigration problem, even though we've read that, uh, what was that book I read? Um, uh, I forget. It was an economist that talked about how most most people are not willing to work right now. Oh, They're, it's the men don't work or something. Or men don't work. That's it. That's the one. Men don't work. Men don't work. <laughs> men don't work. Men who men who don't work. The economist. Uh, it is uh, the oh, god damn it. Men without work. Men America's without work. invisible crisis. That is a great book to read. Um, only because they're disincentivized. There's a variety of factors by Nicholas uh, Erbstadt um, and had a variety of factors. One being the amount of payment that they're getting, that they're receiving is just too low. It's not worthwhile to work. They're better off with government subsidies. Um, and also, there are also more lonely men uh, in, in the nation than anywhere else uh, worldwide. What I, do you I mean think, lonely? Like lonely, like alone. Like they're not... They're not dating anyone. They're not. They're, is it just they're not reproducing? They're not. There's nothing. There's. Is there's, it because the numbers are off of like women no, to men ratio? Nope, nope. It's not that. They're just not. They're not looking for partners. It's very unusual. Huh. Yeah. So they're um, not. They're not reproducing at the rates that they. No, correct. So have it's typically been right. And and uh, but they still need that group of people to continue contributing to to the machine of of what this great nation is supposedly. Um. 
so they they mass they mass bring in migrants and and so I, I picked up another video I don't know why this sort of got into my feed but then I got a man where do I want to start uh I guess I'll do is that the last one yeah I believe so so this is this is a little bit of the of the sort of justification in my opinion of, of why we need to bring in mass migrations even though we could probably fix a lot of our issues right we could actually give people a way out of their debts uh figuring out a solution to not screw these people over with with student loans um making sure that that they can actually afford the the cost of food to actually afford to have a child uh you know a lot of things that we could probably fix have better wages for for a lot of people uh so many issues that could be could be addressed but uh no instead we'll just mass import immigrants currently right the new ones are, are kind of more of the detriment because we've already had an immigration problem for so long. Um, this new batch of people is is sort of like a, we need more. We need more to outcompete China. We need more to outcompete these other nations. Uh, whoever has the most people will win, right? It's a it's a it's a population race, Savannah, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because these Americans, oh, they're done. They're they're they don't want to do anything else. So here's CNBC sort of justifying the reason, in my mind of why we need to import more migrants into the nation. And then at some point we heard the acronym DINK and I think just really fell in love with it. There are more Americans that are deciding not to have children and it's purposeful. This new trend has led to the rise of a new type of household, more commonly referred to as DINKs. You think, it's a, you think he said dicks, but yeah, it, it's, dicks. it's dinks. The guy's, <laughs> just, dicks. the guy's also just foreign, so I'm just saying that. No kids. Oh, sorry. And, and Dual it's income, purposeful. no kids. Yes. This new trend has led to the rise of a new type of household, more commonly referred to as dicks. Dual income, no kids. Oh, yeah. Dual income, no kids. That's perfect for us. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Children are the death of net worth. Pretty crude, but honestly very true. This household configuration of dual income partners living alone without children is on the rise. In 2022, it was around 43% of households, and that's about a 7% increase from a decade previously. In 2022, 43% of Americans surveyed said they'd want to get married, but just a little more than a quarter said they were sure about wanting children. The term dink is becoming more prominent now because of financial challenges and they see children as just another financial challenge that maybe they they don't want to take on. See, they're not wrong. That like that portion of things is is something that I, I, I would I could understand of hey, I'm thinking about my long term future. Mm-hmm. Uh the cost of a child's abysmal. Um having a child alone is super expensive anyways. Um why do I want to torture myself essentially? So not that I, I, I disagree with their premise about, you know, uh, cause when, when you, when you hear more of it, it gets annoying to listen to, but, uh, they're not wrong in the sense that shit's just more expensive everywhere. Well, yeah. So it's that reason that the majority of people are thinking it's not really worth it. Right. Right. Well, the worst ones are the climate people of like, they're just going to die. Oh we're never, yeah. We're Why would I put a generation through that? Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. So what's it like to live with a dual income and no children? And will it be the future of American households? According to a 2023 survey of dicks, finance played a major role in their... According to a survey of dicks. (laughs) 
and will it be the future of American households? According to a 2023 survey of Dinks, <laughs> finance played a major role in their decision to not have children. More than a quarter of respondents said they simply aren't able to financially support a child at the moment. When we advise clients about having children, we honestly don't even give them the full real details and the real numbers. It's one of those things, if you actually see the math of it all, it might make you decide to not have children. It costs a family an estimated $310,605 to raise a child born in 2015 to age 18, adjusted for higher future inflation. And that doesn't even include the cost of college. So if you look at inflation it, within the child care market, it surpasses general overall inflation within um, the economy. Some couples are contemplating having children at the same time that they're still paying off student loans that they incurred when they were 18 to 22 years old. One of my very closest friends, uh, she's been struggling with the reality that the take-home pay she makes is about equal to what childcare would be, that's a really hard position to be in. Seeing our friends really struggle with that balancing act has, I think, made me appreciate the flexibility that we have financially because we don't have children. Besides saving on childcare, Dinks can also fully reap the benefits of combining their finances. To look at both of our incomes coming in and see how we're able to handle all of that because we don't have extra finances with a child, it's much more comfortable. We get to focus more on the things that we want to do and, and saving a lot of that money for the future and worry less about the day-to-day -day finances of the house and our bills. Well, don't worry, you'll be much happier if you don't have children. We'll, we'll import some people to have their own and, we'll, su and we'll subsidize them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll subsidize those immigrants to have children and reproduce. Don't worry about it. Just just you keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about it. Money isn't the only expense that Dinks can save on. The free time is actually one yeah, of the biggest the free things time. for me. So we built me a little office slash bedroom out here. We definitely have some more expensive hobbies. I uh, build mechanical keyboards, like uh, computer keyboards in my spare time. And just parts and stuff for that can be very expensive. Not having children has given us the freedom to pursue other things. Remodeling our home, um, I'm a beekeeper. <laughs> of course she's a beekeeper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> what did, uh, what did, um, what did the, the author of Industrial Societies and Its Future say about pursuits? So according to Mr. Uh, Mr. Kozinski, <laughs> um, so, I mean, he the talks Unabomber. about... Just say the Unabomber. Yeah, the Unabomber. Um, he talks about the idea of surrogate activities, which is, um, so how he phrases it, when people do not have to exert themselves to satisfy their physical needs, they often set up artificial goals for themselves. Um, so then they would pursue these goals with the same um, energy and emotional involvement that they would otherwise have put into the search of, for physical necessities. Um, so it's just to make up that the idea that people need goals and they need to put effort towards something and when they're not putting effort towards something that meets their biological needs, that's a surrogate activity, right? So, I mean, in a way, though, raising a child, I don't know if that's considered a biological necessity or if that's a surrogate activity. Well, let's let's take it as as let, let's just take away that portion of things, right? Because sure. a surrogate activity 
in my opinion, would entail something as meaningless as putting together keyboards, right? Or, or in your free time, you're going to, you're going to do a, a hobby such as building a computer or beekeeping, right? When in reality, the destruction of, of, of the, of the value system that we've created here in this country, uh, an, oh, mm-hmm. right. Having these portion of people passing on. And, and, and when you listen to the guy and you see him, he's like, he's very capable of, he's, smart i mean he, he he you could see around like in the video you could see him like he knows how to handle things like i skipped through some of it and it's like he's capable of protecting and learning how to like care for the home and he does his own work for like the house and whatnot so he's you know that's that's shit you can pass along to your child mm-hmm. but he's why bother well yeah so then he later goes on to say that um for many, if not most people, surrogate activities are less satisfying than the pursuit of real goals. That is, goals that people would want to attain, even if their need for the power process, um, which is like having a goal, having it an autonomous effort and attaining the goal, um, were already fulfilled. One indication is that most people who are deeply involved in surrogate activities are never satisfied, never at rest. Correct. Um, and for people... So for most people, it is through the power process, having a goal, making an autonomous effort and attaining the goal, but a goal that's like worth it in the sense of biological meeting that uh, need, that self-esteem, self-confidence, and a sense of power are required. When one does not have adequate opportunity to go through the power process, the consequences are uh, boredom, demoralization, low self-esteem, inferior- inferiority feelings, uh, depression, anxiety, all of these things that are issues in society today, right? Correct. That it's just you don't have something to put your effort to that you deem worthwhile or society deems worthwhile. And to these technophiles, they do not deem the American the American family to have its freedom and autonomy, right? Well, and if society is allowing that to become more accepted... That you shouldn't have to have kids. Yeah. And yeah. so the, I mean, another, yeah. So another part is, you know, fitting into what society deems as a biological necessity or, you know, what is worthwhile of putting effort towards. And if society says, you know, you don't need to have kids, it's not necessary anymore. Don't put effort towards it. Then more people are going to be less inclined to. Yeah. Cause they, they're not like fulfilling their duty of living, <laughs> you know? And just doing hobbies instead, which sure can be fun and very, you know, the feeling of satisfaction. Be, yes, sure. But in the long run, what is it? What is all that money going to be worthwhile for? You know, how many places can you see and truly feel satisfied with yourself? Well, on a deeper level, on yeah. Deeper how satisfied level, are yeah. you? Yeah. Do you feel like this effort is, It does, how much of a contribution are you putting towards Correct. society? Not that, I don't know, see, then it's the whole debate of is having kids really contributing? But it is, you know, in a way to society. Well, clearly the government deems it so because they're they're absolutely funding immigrants to come in. Well, they deem it to have people. They don't deem that you would need to have supply the the people. They can just find people. Right. They can just import They just want the people. They don't care where they come from. Right. Well, no, I, I would argue they want... They want people that are less educated and sure some of them might be educated coming in, but it, it's they're more they're more tied to the government than not. Well, and yeah. so any any chance that they might protest to the government, they'll just deport them. No, exactly. That's what I mean by dependent on the government. I didn't yeah. mean necessarily like I mean, they would be financially dependent in yeah. a way, but also they don't want to upset them because then they're going to be forced out. Right? right. You know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. 
They want <laughs> you they do whatever want, it asks you to do. They want submissible slaves. That's yeah, all they want. They're not going to get that by yeah. the the offspring of the current citizens. No. Anyway. Especially when they they're mad at Biden. <laughs> all right, this was too depressing to end it with. What do you got? What well, do you I got? got to, a fun one. You got a fun one. So wait, wait. I feel like I should play mine first. Okay, and see. it's less fun. Yeah, it's a little less fun. It's a little less stupid. Um, I got. I got the interstate, the I-5 news one that we we're talking about. Oh, yeah, that was today. That was today. Uh, all right, here we go. I-5 in Seattle shut down. Uh, and you would guess what it might be. Developing right now, a protest shuts down the northbound oh, lanes damn. of Interstate 5 in Seattle. Protesters have been marching on that busy freeway <laughs> since just about 1.30 this afternoon. It's causing massive backup tonight all over Seattle. At one point, it's about six miles long near this area between I-90 and Mercer Street. This is a live look at the conditions right now. Anywhere you see red or yellow on this map, that indicates some serious oh backups along the highways and surface streets. King 5's Julie Calhoun is monitoring traffic conditions up to the minute now. Let's check in with her on what's going on out there. Julie. Julie. Hey, Steve, right now I'm at the corner of Denny and Melrose lanes. All lanes northbound I-5 are still blocked off. We're not seeing any protesters. They left the highway just moments ago. But what you do see, there are still cars here blocking the highway. It looks like washout crews are starting the process of moving those vehicles, going to have to tow them out. But you also do see a police presence here. This all started just after 1 o'clock this afternoon when WSP says a group of protesters walked onto I-5 northbound from Olive Way. Those protesters are calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Of course, this has been causing some significant traffic delays all afternoon. The latest update from Washington is that northbound I-5 between I-90 and Mercer okay, Street. Okay, it looks like there's all cars piled up everywhere, but I, I think you get your point. Yeah. Classic protesters. Of course. That's what how, you get. How do you shut down a highway? Like, you, how do you walk in front of cars that are slowly, going 60 miles You slowly an start inching lane by lane. Until they're forced to change lanes suddenly? Right, and then they'll just start, like, one lane shuts down. Yeah. Right, because they'll find a gap. And they go to the next lane and they go to the next lane. But what the are the odds lane, of an accident happening? Um, well, and they're also probably they're probably also coming down. Uh, they're coming up the interstate and then they're slowing down. They're bringing everyone to a halt. Mm-hmm. And then and then they'll just park their car. <laughs> car oh. <good. laughs> they have a certain point, a certain checkpoint they want to meet. Right? So they're driving and that's how they shut it down with the cars. Yeah, that's I guess so. The leftover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, that was that's mine. how you uh, hold yeah. a protest on a uh, on a highway. In case you're curious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what do you got? Well, I got. I'll one up you. Yeah, I think you um, will. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Aliens. Woo. Aliens. Rumors of aliens invading Miami are going viral on social media. This is for real, folks. The conspiracy theory stems from a large police presence at Bayside Marketplace on New Year's Day. Take a good look at your screen. Are those aliens walking in front of Bayside Marketplace in downtown Miami? Online conspiracy theorists are saying that shadowy figure, not far from parked Miami police cars, appears to be an alien. Uh, Honestly, I think it looks pretty real to me. Uh, Alien look pretty chill. (laughs) I'd be friends with an alien. I think it'd be pretty cool. The viral video was allegedly taken during that massive police presence at Bayside on New Year's Day. Crowds of young people armed with sticks began fighting. 
Police say juveniles were also setting off fireworks that some believed was gunfire, resulting in chaos. Now, rumors are circulating on social media saying police weren't there to handle a group of rowdy teens, but rather eight to ten feet tall shadow aliens. But the real question is, are they friendly? Are they after us? Are they going to attack us? Are they going to do world domination on us? Who knows, man? Oh. Who knows, man? Who knows, man? Ugh. <laughs> Well, that's great. Got shadow aliens going. Uh, they're doing Boxing Day shopping. They just want to see. Yeah, what are you Canadian? What is this? That's a U.S. term. <sighs> Savannah. Okay, post Christmas shopping. They're trying to get their returns, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well. Okay. That was good. I like that one. That was yeah. a fun one. All right. Uh. Well, if you're still listening, I don't know why. Um. <laughs> Uh, if you, you got something? Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to tell us something that you like, something you didn't like, which was probably quite a bit, um, or if you have something to share, if you saw a fun story or something, uh, you can reach out to us. <laughs> Are you trying to get a sound? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can reach out to us, uh, with email. Um, at pleb2pleb.podcast at gmail.com. That's P-L-E-B, the number two, P-L-E-B dot podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 app. Wait, wait, don't promote that because I got to fix the wallet. It's down. Oh. Yeah. Send us an email. Just send us an email. No one sent us a goddamn message. I've been very upset about that. Oh, be the first one. Not, Not any people that we know of should message us. We, you can... Texas personally, that's fine. But but the strangers <laughs> out there that don't know our personal numbers and information, uh, say hi. Send send us something. Yeah, that's say interesting. hi. We'll respond unless I mean, if you don't want us to respond, you can tell us that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Just don't respond. Um, and oh, uh, if you enjoyed our new uh, cover art uh, album art, uh, also let us know. Uh, and or. You'll see a new one this time. And I've we're trying to do chapters, trying to incorporate more of the show notes into it. It has been challenging it's to a say slow the least. Process. It's a slow process and dealing with the bureaucracy of, of customer service is always fun. I gotta submit a ticket. <laughs> so uh yeah, tickets always fun. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening. I'm gonna, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's I'm gonna let us out with some smooth jazz. Nice. Goodbye, everyone. This is the song of the aliens. This is how they were dancing out in Bayside Shopping Center. <laughs> they got their hands in the air and they're just like waving just, around like they just don't care. Right, but just but just like a slow wave. Yeah, it's a slow wave. You got to do it too. They're chill, right? You got to do it too. Oh, I know what our, our uh, cover art will be. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>